So Julie, I often tell people that there are four opportunities to overcoming an objection, the most powerful of which is before the objection happens. Have you ever heard of this concept? You're always teaching me new stuff, Torin. No, I haven't. Tell me more. So the acronym for me, and it's something that I used back in the 90s when I had my own sales team, the acronym is WNLB. Well, the B stands for before. And before any of you start to wonder which online system is best for payroll, let me share a few facts. Gusto is actually simple and easy, surprisingly easy and very fast. 90% of customers say switching to Gusto was easy. 85% of customers say running payroll is easier now than their previous provider. And three out of four customers take 10 minutes or less to run payroll with Gusto. I think that's easy. You can use our link, gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K for three complimentary months. Again, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K. We've been about this work, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, shared through the voices of a white woman and a black man. We bring lived experiences. We have pursued DNI progress for most of our professional lives. We use Crazy and the King to cover news, tips from colleagues and host incredible guests. Listeners, count on Julie and I to transparently drive the conversation. We thank you for rocking with us. Check it. Check it. Julie, kick off the show. Welcome to Crazy and the King. Crazy and the King. Crazy and the King. I love how you bring that in. You like let that King piece, you let it run. I know. I wonder if we turned it around and if it was like King and crazy. Would you do like King? Would you would you be lazy with the Z Y? Would you try that one yeah. time real quick? Try that like walk. Try just let's let's do a different one. Let's see if All we can right. put you on the spot real quick. Do 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 a new one. Do a new one. Welcome to King and crazy. You you're not doing it right. You you got to get serious and do it the right way. You know, this, let's just let's just have fun right. on this. This you know, let's treat this one like. This is our version of the post Super Bowl run up to the Pro Bowl version of, you know, so 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 let's flip it around real quick. Okay. Welcome to King and the Crazy. And starting at, (laughs) see, I was going to say starting at the forward position. See, I'm already in the wrong sport and all that other. (laughs) We got to work on that. We got to work on that. So look, at least I'm in a good mood. You sound like you're in a good mood. I know you've been bonkers. Like it's been very busy for you. Yeah. I mean, but, but good busy, right? Great busy, great, great busy, busy doing exactly what I love and growing DNI all over the place and very, very happy. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so I had the, uh, the pleasure of being on, on a podcast this week. Oh, I heard. I yeah, heard. And, and that uh, issue, you all will be able to hear next week. So. If you are not already subscribed to uh, the Chad and Cheese show, you might want to to grab a listen. We we actually have done some good stuff over the last couple of weeks. 
we put up the link for the replay of the job sync conversation that we had, which was fire. Julie was off the meter. Like she was, was on, she was on full tilt. So if you have not seen um, the panel discussion that we had with job sync, please go out to one of our feeds someplace on Facebook, find crazy in the King and look forward, get in one of the diversity groups or black HR professionals. I know, I think I posted it over there in their Facebook group, but that conversation was was definitely good. Dr. Solange was awesome with her questions. Mm-hmm. Great participation from the audience. It was all beautiful. But next week, uh, guest appearance on the Chat and Cheese show. And so uh, I got to tell you, your boy, he was a uh, he was a little, you know, out of pocket. Like I was I was a little I was a little. Yeah, I was a little relaxed with them cats. So yeah, it's a good, I, I've it's been a good working set. on him. Yeah, so, you've been working. You've been working. I've been working. I've been working. And actually, um, this week on Chat and Cheese, a new episode just dropped in. It has one of our favorite people, Kim Jones. So that's Kimberly a must Jones. listen to. Yes. That's right. That's right. So actually, let's just make sure you add it to your listening diet. You know, Evergreen's got a great lineup of podcasts. You got Chat and Cheese. You have uh jim stroud i forget the name of his show so please i'm sorry the jim uh, stroud show I the jim stroud show that works that works that works we got james ellis my brother mm-hmm. from another mother he does his stuff around employer branding love that oh we got one more guy i've never met this guy matt alder yeah from, i've from never met him fantastic dude great following in the uk i know he's growing in the u.s as well really love matt yeah, so we love what they're doing over at Evergreen. So honestly, it's just a, a matter of going out and subscribing to all of the pods that are in the pod family because we are all attacking work differently. We all sound different. We curate our shows differently, but definitely it's what you would want to add to your listening diet. So let's get into a bit of small talk. I think you probably remember last week. I'm sorry, last year, Julie, when we were talking about some of the names like uh, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's and yep. remember that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they actually have a new name. And so now the brand formerly known as Aunt Jemima is now called the Pearl Milling Company after a mill that produced the pancake mix back in 1889. Wow. Yeah, that doesn't. I mean, you know, I'm I'm listen, I was guilty. I was guilty of buying, if not all of these, you know, the the Angel Mimas, Uncle Ben's Cream of Wheat, Miss Butterworks. Like, I was guilty of buying all of those products. And Uncle Ben's Rice, I mean, I really never even thought about it. And it's almost like you would pick up the packaging, you'd see it. But at least for me, Julie, I would just throw it in the basket. The few times that I would go to the store, because I'm not a person who likes to go to to stores of any type but yeah i was guilty so i don't know i mean pearl the pearl milling company that sound like i mean they didn't have a marketing team to come up with that name that wasn't too hard to come up with (laughs) well and, and that's what i don't get like i understand the point of revamping aunt jemima but i like also hate to see black faces come off of products it 
And so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? Why? Well, just because we like, why can't I would like that black person to be associated with this product? I don't know if Aunt Jemima is real or if if I don't know any of that. So maybe I'm just being dumb, but it's like I would rather see her updated and becoming a a part of a post-slavery world instead of just doing away with and now we're like some damn pearl milling company like why do we have to get rid of the persona altogether instead of updating it so so are you saying uh and i'm certainly not being funny when i say this but you know how they say auntie maxine for maxine walters uh so are you saying you you prefer that it be a more promising image of a black person yes yeah interesting I mean, it, like, why just take all of the blackness away from it? Why can't we just bring Miss Jemima into the 21st century? Yeah, but, you know, you got folks that would say to that, you know, that's still uh, exploitation to some degree. And I actually, you know, I think about that. You know, I think about uh, you know, and, and only because we are talking about black people. I'm not centering the conversation around blackness only but because we are talking about that i think about you know how uh actors and sports figures let's say they're advertising like the credit card no one seems to have any issue with that so i don't personally see an issue with a black face being on a product i tend to agree with you like we don't have to exploit them demean them on the product but we could certainly still like you could have found. Wow, that's interesting, Jay. So you could have found they could have found a black family. Didn't have to necessarily be a star, just a black family and and put a boost into their own personal economy by creating a five year contract with them, 10 year marketing contract with them. I would love yes. that. I'd yeah, love to something, that. right? Like, let's not we don't need to take it away. We need to figure out how to make the face of Aunt Jemima or not Jemima now, um, still reflective of a black business owner, a black contributor, a black celebrity, something instead of just going away. And that's, I don't know, I could be wrong, but that just kind of my, my gut reaction. No, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I listen, you got, you, you all can find, I, I wonder what you all think. You can find the story that we are mentioning over on ad week but i actually like that idea i really do like the idea of of updating the image uh and i would even like it more if it was updated in the sense of creating a new relationship and bringing somebody else into uh the financial ecosystem but nonetheless it is now called uh let me find it again uh the pearl milling company anyway What's up yeah. with this? Uh, um, these hate-based violence on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. You know, I've just noticed this kind of coming out in the last few weeks, and I don't feel well versed in why we're here. Um, you know, I think it's so stereotypical that you know, perhaps it's COVID nineteen, perhaps it's you know because the the COVID virus probably originated in Wuhan, China. I don't know. I mean, are we still like that pathetic when it comes to stereotyping all Asian people as 
Chinese or Japanese? Like, is that really where we are? Are you asking the question? Please tell me that's rhetorical because you are absolutely smarter than that. I know it's rhetorical. You know, and it's so it is it's so unfortunate, like absolutely unfortunate that you are. And, and I again, I treated when I saw the uh, the mention of a video or of the happening of the ninety one year old man on yes. the the street. There was no way I was going to watch that. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no way. Uh, so so we can add that to the list. And and I'm not a person who shirks on violence, if you will. That doesn't. But there's just certain things that I'm 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 not subscribing to. I'm not bringing it into my energy. I, I'm just not doing it. And when I saw that, I was like, mm, I'm not watching that. And and so there's an individual actually on Twitter. Her name um, or their name is May Lee Chai. That's M A Y dash L E E Chai. Uh, and it's all on Twitter. May Lee Chai. M A Y L E E C H AI long thread, 25, 30 uh, insertions, if you will. And they talk about the various attacks on Asian Americans. It starts with, of course, the most recent one, but then they highlight a number of other uh, grievances that, that have taken place on individuals. And it's really unfortunate. And, you know, I don't know, Julie, I, I just wonder you know, what, what are you doing, Torn? And this is one of the things that I said to Chad, um, uh, to Chad and to Joel, uh, when we recorded the show, one of the challenges for me, when we are having our show is to not sound like the nightly news. Like, I don't want to start off with an always negative angle. And, and I wonder, and even because I chose this story because I want to raise awareness and there are three things that I'm going to drop in just a moment. But but what do you do as a listener? Like, what can a listener do with this information? I I, I guess it, it 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 may be the three things that I'm about to share with them. But I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's always I think a struggle that you and I find ourselves in. I feel like there is is real validity to helping our listeners understand the interconnectedness of what's happening happening in the news, what's happening in business, what's happening right now into their larger thinking about diversity and inclusion, racial equity, ableism, whatever it is, right? Um, it, the challenge is, is to give them actionable takeaways, right? Yeah. And to give them a broader sphere of knowledge, like once our eyes are open, they can't be closed again to certain things. And I feel like that's kind of, it's kind of our role for, to help provide that mesh of information and start to help people to understand how it all flows together um, while not making everyone so sad that they just kind of hit the wall and give up. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I think that's a really good way of explaining what it is that we are attempting to do. We don't want you to give up. No. We really do want, I guess we really do want to encourage you to be more uh, engaged in the process. So the three things that I want to share with you, uh, of course, you can go out and read the thread by May Lee Chai. Uh, you can read uh, a call to action from Michelle Kim. I love the work that she does with Awaken. She's a, she is a DNI. Uh, leader in the space. Uh, her organization, Awaken, is one that I follow, but Michelle Kim is on Twitter. 
another thing that you can do is you can check out Stop AAPI Hate, uh, which is an organization for reporting incidents and acting on supporting the AAPI, which stands for Asian American Pacific Islander Community. And of course, you can go and follow on Twitter the hashtag Stop AAPI Hate. Again, the hashtag on Twitter and perhaps other uh, social media channels is Stop AAPI Hate. So those are the things that you can do to to be supportive. Listen, I don't have a quote this week, but we are going to take a quick break. Listen to an ad from our partners over at Jobvite and then we'll get it popping. Really quick before Torin and I hop back into the episode, have you heard about the new Jobvite? The social recruiting innovator is now the end-to-end TA suite leader, helping TA teams attract, engage, hire, onboard, and promote the talent they need to succeed. But built specifically for talent acquisition professionals, the Jobvite Talent Acquisition Suite delivers an unmatched depth of capabilities from AI to DNI, recruitment marketing to applicant management, new hire onboarding, employee referrals, internal mobility, all with next-gen analytics to help you prove the value you deliver to your organization. Whatever your recruiting challenge, Jobvite has a solution. Visit jobvite.com slash C-A-T-K today. Again, jobvite.com forward slash C-A-T-K. Now let's get back into the show. Awesome. Uh, cool. So let's get into this week's show. What do you have to talk about? So something relatively new, I think, in terms of its um, coming to market. But you and I have talked a lot, especially near the end of the year, um, about supporting Black-owned businesses. I think it's you know become, I don't want to say a trend, but it's become a trend in 2020 after George Floyd and and Breonna Taylor. And now that we're in the midst of, you know, Black History Month kind of coming back up again, um, you know, and I've appreciated you sharing the businesses that you're familiar with and that we can support as listeners. Um, But, you know, I, I think that we have to realize that Black owned businesses have been hurt harder than white owned businesses during COVID-19, right? So um, 40% of all businesses that have closed permanently during the pandemic are black owned, 35% are Latin owned, and 21% that remain expect they will not survive the pandemic. While only 5% of remaining white owned businesses have the same expectation. Yeah, see, that's and, 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 and of course, some people would say, you know, well, they're just poorly prepared or, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have their finances in order. They're irresponsible. But it just really and in and, and, and all of this in the midst of, you know, funding levels from VCs like higher last year, even in a pandemic, higher last year than they were in you know, previous years. It's it's amazing, but you're right. And and I remember we recorded an episode, I don't know, Julie, I think it was probably like September or October time frame. And at that point, it was more than four hundred thousand black businesses that had gone under. Wow. 
I mean, that's incredible, right? And, and you can't say that those businesses, all of them were all of those excuses that that were just given, right? It's, it's not possible. It, it's statistically not impossible. No, it's not. Um, but there but is something that we can do. Yes, yes. So a, a lot of things, right? One thing I didn't know is that there are more than 125,000 Black-owned businesses that we can support uh-huh. in the United States. Uh-huh. And Yelp reported that um, May through July of last year, they saw a 2.5 million search volume on Black-owned businesses. Yeah, versus, which, was, which was a big, big, big jump over what is normal. Yes, yes. Only 35,000 in the same period in 2019, right? So again, just like we were talking about, once you open your eyes, you can't close your eyes again. So we're becoming aware that Black-owned businesses are there. We're aware that they need our support. We're aware that they're in our community, right? And so there's a, a new website if you check out the 15percentpledge.org. And as far as I can tell, just probably came out in the last week or so, um, asking major retailers to commit 15% of their spend um, on products and services from Black-owned businesses. And just also added to the site was really a good post on how to drive personal consumer commitment to to buy Black-owned businesses. I know everybody's like, hey, these things are happening. What can we do? And one of the things that you can do is commit to spending at your community Black-owned businesses, move your banking to a Black-owned bank. Yep. Um, even, even just little things like doing a $15 monthly donation to a Black organization that you support. Yep can really go a long way. So we're giving you actionable items that you can do on your own. But if you happen to be a part of a supplier diversity program or a DNI leader in, in a major retailer, you can also move that spend and keep it there to Black-owned businesses. Some of the businesses that have taken the pledge so far, Gap, Old Navy, who owns Gap, West Elm, Vogue, Macy's, Sephora, um, we're going to get better products and a more diverse set of products out of those businesses. And I'm excited to see what is different that I can pick up at my Macy's or, or Sephora that I didn't have access to before. Yeah. And for some of you out there, you might side eye it and say, you know, this is nothing more than performative, if if you will. But but I like to give people a bit of the benefit of the doubt. And so when, you know, Julie mentions mentions Gap and West Elm and Old Navy, Vogue, Macy's, Sephora, Sephora, by the way, uh, they I think they recently brought back online their incubator for black owned businesses as well. I think Sephora is actually doing some work, but I think it's important that as a listener, we continue to think about, well, well, who do we support that's supporting black communities, people with disability communities, the LGBTQ communities and others that are underrepresented. So let's shop at some of these stores. If in fact they fit, you know, your, I guess your, clothing habit in this case your retail habit so that they can continue to support because of it, as with anything else if you don't support it 
then it, it falls by the wayside. If they don't meet their revenue marks, then they're not going to keep up that 15% or whatever their pledge is for an extended period of time. And I want to ask you a question, Julie. This you know, may come across as a bit controversial, but once again, well, shit, I'm being controversial. Have you ever been to, you know, have you ever been to a white owned business that's given you poor service? Oh, God. Yes. H- have you gone back? Like, have you given them a second, maybe a second or, or, Six, or third seven, time? Eight, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so you've done that e- even yep. after the first time. And, and, and has in any of those instances where you've given them the second, third and maybe other chances that once again, the service was not to your liking, whether it be that immediate second time or one of the. So you've experienced that with white owned businesses, correct? I have. Got it. Have OK, exactly. cool. So the reason I bring it up twofold. Number one, number one, number one, number one. White folks, if you have to get in your vehicle and you have to go to the other side of town, wherever that is, don't be afraid to go to the other side of town. Uh, We're not going to bite. Okay. All right. Number two, black folks, um, we have to divorce ourselves from the notion of black owned businesses give poor service. I think that's very important. Have you ever heard that, Julie? Um, I haven't, but it doesn't surprise me. Okay. And not because I think black people give poor service. Let me clarify that. But that when we don't want to support something, we'll find any reason to not support it. Exactly. So I just wanted to put, put those two things out there, white folks. Don't be afraid to venture into other parts of town to support a black owned business. And I'm saying that because they may not have a web or online presence. They may not have the ability to connect with some driver that can bring the product to you. I can't tell you, Julie, I I I mean, you only need one bar of soap at a time. But I have more soap and beard butter. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, I have more things in my bathrooms than I've ever had in my life because I've made a conscious effort to to. And it's not like crazy. It, It may be $30 with this vendor. $45 with another vendor, $15 because I think that they have a great coconut and vanilla uh, lip balm, something I'm just trying to support. So, so number one, they may not have that online presence, but the second thing is as black folks, we cannot live with that stereotype, that perception that black owned businesses, the ice is colder. I'm sorry. The ice is not cold from a black owned business. That's a a phrase, a saying, I want us to be supportive. And that doesn't mean that you don't spend any money with other businesses. I just got done saying 40 seconds before spend money with others so that they can continue to support as well. I just wanted to make that clear. 
Yeah. And before we move to your story, I think the other thing is, is that right now we have a, a real sense of disconnectedness and loss of community in, in this country before COVID and even worse now. And something that, that Chad and I love to do is find our local owned businesses and spend money there because we feel like we have a stake in the game, right? And so when you go into these local black owned businesses, put on Facebook that they're great. Put on Facebook how good the service is. Um, share that with your friends. Take your friends there, right? Like get engaged in your community to know that you're making this commitment to your neighbors and that you physically and literally have a stake in their success. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, what happens, Julie, when you get 123,000 airmen to respond to a survey in a two week period and experience their thoughts and be able to share some of their thoughts in more than 27,000 single spaced pages of free text. What do you think happens? Well, I think you're gonna learn a lot from you these get, airmen and they damn well have a lot to say. That's right. You get a report from the Inspector General Department of the Air Force. Folks, this is big. And let me tell you why this is big. Because I never reveal my sources. And based on the work that I do off pod in a consulting posture, I can't afford to reveal my sources. I work with extreme confidence. And so someone shared the report with me. And the report is titled The Inspector General Department of the Air Force. Report of Inquiry, it's S8918P. It's an independent racial disparity review dated December of 2020. I am not going to go into the entire report. It's 150 pages long. But the Department of the Air Force, they absolutely recognize that there are a number of disparities across a range of minority groups and all of them are equally as deserving of review. But in this instance, they looked at their black service members. And as a person who spent time in the United States Air Force, it was particularly of interest to me. And so this report is intentionally and surgically focused on the discipline and the opportunities regarding black service members, period. And, and what they looked at is the systemic and lasting change. How could they get to systemic and lasting change? The root causes and analysis of the disparities found during this review were not conducted as they would have taken, according to the report, a considerable amount of time, you know, more time than they had allotted. And I couldn't tell in the report how much time was really given to this. I saw a couple of different numbers, Julie. I don't know if this was, you know, over a 30, uh, 60 day period. I don't know if this really went over like four months of research. So I really couldn't tell. But let me tell you, have you peeked at it at all? Um, yeah, I've, I've spent a little, t little bit of time. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. So here's some of the things that stood out for me. Number one, and this one is going to resonate, Julie, with you and with our listeners. All of it resonates, but this one in particular resonates. And it resonates for me because 
oftentimes when we are out talking about DNI and hiring, we're always talking about it from the bottom level, the entry level, the easy, uh, low-hanging type fruit positions. That That's what we're talking about. But we're not really talking about it from the leadership level. Like, tell me when's the last time you pulled up Indeed or Monster or one of the other job boards and you saw uh, an advertisement for a CFO, a CMO, a COO, CIO, CSO. You don't really see that. Yes, they're there, but that's not what we see. We see so much more down at the bottom. And I think that this is extremely important. Here's a fact out of the report. Page 42. Black officers represent 6% of the Department of Air Force active duty population. That means there are currently 64,500 active duty Department of Air Force officers. Hear me. 64,500 officers in the Air Force. Roughly 3,800 are black, 47,000 are white. And those are officers, right? Not enlisted, but officers. Okay. Officers, top level, C suite. So the same thing that we are experiencing in corporate America, we are at least seeing in this branch of the Air Force. I'll continue. Black Americans represent 8% of the total population eligible to enlist. Eligible is the key word. However, black service members make up 15% of the Department of Air Force total enlisted force. Now, I pause there for a moment. Mm-hmm. Because I think about when I enrolled in the Air Force, it was for one reason only. It wasn't because my family was poor. Mm-hmm. We weren't poor. We we were just middle class. It, 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 it wasn't because I didn't have the intelligence to go to college. I enrolled for one reason only. I wanted to continue working and to add travel to the equation. And in my mind, I said, well, why don't I join the military? I don't know where they'll send me, but it's not Davenport, Iowa. I I know I'm going to go someplace different. I I know I'm not going to have to sit in a classroom like I just did through high school. I don't want to do that. I want to work. I want to make money. I want to travel. That's what I want to do. And so when people talk about patriotism and support of the country and all of this other stuff that they start spewing when they fucking around on January 6th and they going up and showing their asses. Mm -hmm. We have always served this country. Yes. Always. Always. And I'm telling you, it really infuriates me when I think about January 6th. And we said this when we recorded on that day, Julie. Mm -hmm. It infuriates me because I know that the people that were there, former military members. Yep. A lot of them. A lot of them. A lot of them. You saw during the uh, inauguration, 
they had to pull people out of the National Guard that were connected to national um, uh, white nationalist organizations. Right. I think about when I was in basic training, couldn't have been past my second week. I don't remember now so long ago, but I remember a white guy saying to me, I ain't never saw a black guy before. And you see one now standing in front of me. He, I think he came from like South Dakota or something like that. But, and, and, and I don't even think that he was, you know, honestly, I don't even think that he was being rude. I probably received it as being rude because I'm 18 and, you know, it ain't too much. I wasn't great. I, I ain't never really been a person to take a whole lot of shit all my life. But but I remember him saying that to me and I was like, well, you see one now, you know, and, 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 and I remember him specifically because he was responsible for, for doing the laundry while we were in basic training and he turned all of our white clothes pink. I like, I, I don't know what he put in there. You know, it's like, like, a, it was like, yeah, it was like a mauve color. Like it was like, you know, some sort of an off red color. And I was like, son, do you want Well, I didn't call him son. Cause that's not a word we used in 1987. But my point is, I was like, dude, do you understand how much trouble we all about to get in? Like all of us. Because you couldn't put some Calgon and some bleach in the machine. Now we all have to find a way to get to the BX and get brand new whites because literally they inspect all of that. But this was the guy. He was like, I ain't never seen. And I remember Julie, because it was another dude from Miami. His name was Patrick. I don't remember his last name. And he brought a pair. Brand new Julie. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just telling you a story. Brand new, he brought a pair of his girlfriend's panties. I'm like, son, what, what are you doing with that? What are you going to do? We in basic training, Playboy. We, you're not going to really have a whole lot of time to enjoy them. Uh, I mean, brand new. They got, they got a tag on them. They were brand new. So he brings brand new. So I got Patrick on one side with a pair. He was from Miami. Uh, panties. And I got another dude from out west somewhere who had never seen black people before, ever. This is what he says. We've always been of service to this country. Always. And we have a problem, right? We have a problem. Even even the Independent Review, it says repeatedly and at every fucking level that racial disparity exists for black service members. Every level. Every level. But then goes on to say, we're not sure that causation is systemic racism or racism. Dude, what the fuck? Stop couching it in it may be something else. It's not. And, and it's not. And, and let me tell you and check this out. You know, in, in that review, here's what here's what part part for me was interesting, because this is coming from the inspector general for the air force, but it says that they confirmed that racial disparity is in law enforcement apprehensions. I'm sorry. Law enforcement apprehensions means stops for those of you who don't want me to use the big word, you know, being pulled over criminal investigations, military justice, administrative separations, administrative separations, Placement into occupational career fields, certain promotion rates, 
professional military educational development and leadership opportunity. That's everything about work. Everything. That's everything about work. And that's just on page three. Like I didn't even get past in in all of this, Julie, I didn't even go past. I, I mean, I quoted 42, but I literally only read the first 20 pages. And it was crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, when you're talking about what, 74% more likely to get an Article 15, 60% more likely to face a court martial. Like, that's not accidental. It is systemic. Absolutely. It, it, it is systemic. And that's the thing is like, when we're, you know, we've got our first um, black head of the, you know, Secretary of Defense. This report surprisingly came out in December of 20, um, which I think is interesting given, you know, our, our administration at that point and what we were focusing on. And we have companies like Kroger here in Indiana who've been making donations to the nonprofit Proud Boys, which are full of three percenters and ex-cops and ex-military who are on terrorist watch lists. Yep. Right? It's not an accident. It's willful. Yep. Absolutely. And and I think you could say that from the top of, you know, your crazy in the king perch, willful. It is absolutely willful. And you know, the last piece that I'll share with our listeners from the report and I highly encourage you to get out and read it um on your own again, it's the report on inquiry um titled S8918P. It's an independent racial disparity review dated December of 2020. The last thing that I'll say about this is they actually put a passage in the report titled it history. And what the Department of Air Force IG said or what the group that compiled the report said, they said what we've known, what we've done, what has worked and what has not. The review team examined 23 previous reports and studies related to diversity and racial disparities dating back to 1973. 1973. And the only thing that I'll say is they've not been able to determine the root causes. Why not? And I suspect, I surmise, that you haven't determined it, even to you, Mr. IG, you haven't determined it, even to you, members of the, you know, data collection committee, because you're not asking the right questions. You're not evaluating the right data. And I don't know what the composition of these teams are, these research teams are, these uh, interrogators are, if you will, these research, but I would be willing to bet that there's a lack of diversity. And and when I say lack of diversity, I don't mean uh, in an absolute way, Julie. What I'm suggesting is if there's a team of 20 people, 
there might be two or three people that are diverse or underrepresented. I think it needs to be more representation on these teams so we can start asking some different questions and get to the bottom line because there is no way you cannot get me to believe that since 1973, at at least according to this, that you haven't been able to identify the root cause um, uh, in these reports. And what they said was every report lacked the mechanisms to measure effectiveness over time. Like, so what's the point? What's the point in putting the report in place if we're not going to measure how we churn or chase down a new degree of effectiveness? So why are we sharing? We're sharing because these folks are veterans and all of you got veteran programs in your organization. So some of these folks are coming from the military off of this high of having power. And they're bringing the same practices to your organization and then it's manifesting in a lack of development lack of inspiration, lack of inclusion, lack of representation, no uh, total disregard for equity or equality, all of that belonging stuff that we're searching for, you can probably find there's a couple of cancers in your organization that are preventing it from happening. So I just really wanted to share because it's 150 pages worth reading, but if you don't read all 150, read the first 20. Yeah. And and it's, it's telling for DNI people. It's it's a good way to gather information about what's coming back to work. Some of the things that we've talked to before, and to exactly to your point, Torn is that there are people within your organization that have perpetuated this as a part of their career in the military. Absolutely. So before you get to your name drop, uh, I just really appreciate Jobvite, you know, for being a part of our group. Uh, we are we are definitely going to have to tear down this job description greater we're going to, have to use that um and and I, I just don't post jobs so i don't i don't go out and go through it but for those of you who are listening go to Jobvite. they have a job description grader that will help you uh determine whether or not the language of your job description is slanting in one direction or another lacking in one area or another uh so check them out and they are absolutely friends of crazy and the king who's your name drop um so matt stubbs organizational. yes yes so he's an org leader and a learning leader from the uk who always finds great stories for us um about dei around the world you can follow him at z-t-u-b-b-s-y underscore 84 on twitter or connect with him on linkedin thanks matt i appreciate you matt man you always tag us you always do it i i say I say early in the morning, but I'm the one who's up like it's it's afternoon or it's late morning for you when you're tagging us. But I'm the one who happens to be looking at it at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. But we absolutely appreciate you. Keep them coming again. You can find Matt at Z Tubsy Z T U B B S Y underscore eighty four. Now, look, I said in the beginning we didn't have a quote. But that's only because uh, I saw you slide one in down here towards the end. And it's one of my favorites. Talk about that. Yeah. So I'm I'm starting to get the feeling from a lot of um, my white peers that they're starting to relax. Right. And I need everyone to remember that the hard work is still ahead of us. Right. From school districts in Utah and now my niece's school here in Indiana, Hamilton Southeastern, are allowing loud voices to ask us to whitewash history yep. and it's easy to relax and it's easy to think that the people in power who we elected are going to fix it again and we can't do that 
And it brought me to, to a really great, great quote. I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting because that's when it really counts. Muhammad Ali. Done. I love that. I don't count my sit-ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting. And I say it all the time, man. A condition of progress is to allow those that are suffering to speak their truth. We got people that are hurting. Muhammad Ali loved that. Love that, love that, love that. So you got a closing remark or you want me to just kind of take us home? You know, I that I want it. That I was wanted, my closing remark. I yeah, was I was you, going out on a high. Oh, that's fine. You listen. <laughs> look, sometimes you can't get any better than Muhammad Ali. I mean, you know, there's a conversation out there as to who's the greatest of all time. You know, these young folks, they like to call everybody the goat. You put up fifteen uh, you know, <laughs> put up fifteen joints on YouTube, they're the goat. Put up, you know, uh, uh a couple of numbers, a couple of rap songs, they hit number one, they're the goat. I mean, they like that, but Muhammad Ali absolute absolute hero so on that particular note we're not gonna close with anybody else we're gonna let muhammad take us out of the ring for now jay and i are ghost see ya So, Torin, we have a sponsor. Mad cool. That says that they appreciate the work that we are doing through this podcast vehicle. You know what else is cool is what other people are saying about Gusto. So give me examples. I mean, it's easy for you to say people are talking about it, but give me some examples. So Tom S. said Gusto has allowed my small company to offer big time benefits without an HR department. Shout out to Tom. But do you have more? Yes, I have another one from Sation who says Gusto is effortless, which is how I like HR. Out of sight, out of mind, yet doing what it's supposed to do. So what you are saying is Gusto is more than a payroll provider. Absolutely. And Gusto integrates with all of your favorite tools that, again, makes life easier. Tools like QuickBooks, Google, and, and many others. So if you visit gusto.com slash C-A-T-K, that's gusto.com forward slash C-A-T-K, you'll get three complimentary months from Crazy in the King. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.